When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. As we've been reporting, the death of 22-year-old Gabby Petito is being investigated as a homicide. We begin with the latest on the search to find Brian Laundrie, the only person of interest in the homicide death of Gabby Petito. Well, hello, crime creeps. Welcome back to the Case Watch podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Charity. And we could not be more happy with the way things are developing with the podcast. So right off the start, we're going to do some housekeeping just to go over a couple random things that are going on with the podcast to keep you guys all updated. Charity, do you have something to go with first? I do. I want to explain a little bit why we throw in some different things with these episodes. So a lot of these episodes are so heavy and so sad that we like to add humor so that it just kind of evens out a little bit. You know what I mean, Mark? Yeah, we don't want all doom and gloom for the whole episode. We're trying to let you guys see what's going on with these cases. But at the same point, we're trying to at least bring a little bit of happiness to them as well. Exactly. So that's the reason that why we add these like the triple D's or little stories here and there just to kind of break it up a little bit. All right. Housekeeping item number two. We have had a ton of people ask us how they could support the show. And we absolutely love that you guys are even willing to want to help support us because we have incurred a couple costs as the podcast grows. So we listened to you and we went ahead and had four different sticker designs created. I know I have stuck them on everything I own and I absolutely love them. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. If you'd like to see what the designs are, go to Facebook.com slash Case Watch Podcast. All four of them are up there. The most requested one, which was the douche apple tree, is there. It's fantastic. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm going to put them all over my new notebooks that I'm going to get because this one's already almost full. I do love the notebook. Everyone likes it that we posted it online, too, and you've had a ton of comments. If you're not following us people on social media, you're missing out on a lot of the fun because not only do you get to see the ins and outs of what we do behind the scenes, You can also talk to Charity and me because we answer each and every single message, whether you text us, call us, put it on uh, Messenger, we will reach out back to you. We sure will. And we appreciate you reaching out. Oh, love it. Love it. I I, I will look down and just see that Charity has been talking for like five hours and I, I find it hilarious. I'm like, don't you work? I'm chatty. She is. She's cat, chatty well, Kathy. I'm actually, when Mark is at work, I'm usually home from work. So I have the time to be able to. Yeah, we have opposite schedules. If you haven't figured out, I work at night. Yeah. Um, so basically, if you go check out those stickers, we'll we'll release soon how you can support us. 
Um, one way you can support us right now, if you go to casewatchpodcast.com, you can send us a coffee. We would appreciate it if you do. You don't have to. You can just show up here each and every week and just listen to the podcast. These are for the people who have been asking to support us. And Correct. You want to support, we're going to give you a way to, and we really do appreciate it. We absolutely appreciate it. All right. With that being said, my favorite part of this whole show is Triple D Charity. Please, please tell me that you are going to have a couple for us. Mark, I do. I love it. So it, this is a Florida woman, and she was arrested for drinking wine, eating sushi, muffins, and chicken at a Walmart. I, I like where this is going so far. Sounds really good. Let's let's begin. So a woman in Florida was arrested after she was caught riding around a Walmart on a motorized scooter while drinking wine and eating. This is fantastic. Charity, is this you? I mean, the picture is not me, but let me continue on. According to the report from the Citrus County Sheriff's Office, 20-year-old Jocelyn Lopez was eating sushi, cinnamon rolls, and most of a rotisserie chicken while driving the scooter <laughs> around the store. Do you know what's good about this? Oh and she God. was making sure she was soaking up the alcohol. I love this lady. The store's loss prevention officer told police that he saw a half-empty wine bottle in the scooter, so he continued to observe Lopez. He says he witnessed her pick up sushi, taste it, and put it back on the shelf. She did the same with mini muffins and cinnamon rolls. All right, so if I had to choose between any I know one what, of those triple Ds... What do you think? I'm going with Hero. I'm changing the name of the game because this lady, Miss Lopez, you are my hero and you are my spirit animal. I love you. <laughs> it's one way to use those scooters. I tell you what, right now, if you are listening, if you are this person and you are listening to this podcast, if you send me a message, I will send you a sticker for free Yeah, because you are my hero. <laughs> this is probably my favorite triple D to date. Oh, Mark. Oh, so I'm assuming we have more. Of course. Fort Myers Beach, Florida, can be proud of producing the worst and possibly funniest amateur American criminal who ever lived. Christopher Cron created his own personal legend when he tried to rob a closed restaurant. First, he tripped the alarm when he broke in. He didn't listen to it or just didn't care about the non-silent alarm. And non-silent is in caps because clearly it was very loud. <laughs> When ADD called the restaurant after receiving the alarm signal, Cron answered the phone and pay attention here, gave the ADT employee his real name. When he finally decided to leave, all he took was a bottle of liquor and beer. So you probably think that was the end of it, right? Well, there's more. Believe it or not, Cron managed to get away with his illegal act, but made sure to return to the restaurant the next day where an employee who had seen the surveillance video recognized him. Cron was arrested. If there was an award for the dumbest criminal in history, he would be a very serious contender. I have to go with dipshit on this. This is like 100% dipshit. He gave dipshit. ADT his name. Yeah. He's on surveillance. He and then he shows up there the next day. He was being helpful and he likes the food there, Mark. I mean, I don't see the problem. He got away with it. Nobody, nobody chased after him. So he figured he could just go back in, get his favorite meal and call it a day. It takes all kinds, Charity. I love it. Next. Next. So Mark Smith thought he was Britain's baddest thief when he broke into Heather Stephenson's home while she was there ironing to steal all he could from her jewelry box. But unfortunately for this genius, the vodka and Valium he had taken earlier took its toll. As a result, Smith took a nap as a free man under Heather's bed and woke up several hours later behind bars. <laughs> oh my God. Guys, I can't. Could you imagine what she felt like when she looked under the bed and here's a guy... Just sound asleep. By the way, guys, thank you so much for sending some of these to us. Don't worry. We will be reading them. Oh, we love it. We love uh, it. 
I just want to remind everybody that feel free to call us and leave a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. It's 603-212-4600. 603-212-4600. Leave a voicemail and we'll put you at the end of the episode. And now we have a little bit of an update on the Gabby Petito case. Charity, what do you have for us? So apparently the police mistook Brian's mom for him on the day they brought the Mustang home from the reserve. I find that crazy. So this is what was said. When the family reported him on Friday, that was certainly news to us that they had not seen him, Taylor said. We thought that we'd seen Brian initially come back into the home on that Wednesday. No case is perfect. And they went on to say they're kind of built similarly. Similarly? Similarly? I don't know, put an R on it and just call it good. <laughs> they, they kind of built the same, Taylor added, in regard to Brian and his mother. Okay, so we have a 20-year-old bald guy and a, I don't know how old Roberta is, but I'm assuming over 50, woman with a full head of hair. And, a, and also, she, she was wearing a baseball cap. So here's my question, guys. Was this by design? Just a question. Good question. Was it by design? Was she wearing his baseball cap? It's crazy to me that they, they would even confuse the two. It, it's very strange because, I, I, I don't know, a woman's body and a man's body are very different. Yeah, so what else has been overlooked or mistaken in the course of this investigation? It has to make you wonder if this is mistaken, what else can be? Right. That is crazy to me. I know that they had given a statement that basically said, you know, no investigation is perfect, but... Right. I mean, come on, guys. You can do a little better than this. That's a pretty big mistake. So do you remember they they did do that press conference? And it was right around that time they had just seen him, quote unquote, come home. And that is when they said, we do know where he is if we need to go question him or whatever. They did a press conference. The police did. Yeah. So that also goes right back into Bertolino. our Bertolino discussion of yep. last week. Why didn't they clear the air and correct that? Exactly. It could have been very easy for them to say, no, he's missing. We don't know where he is. And your help would be greatly appreciated in helping find him. And also more proof that the police had no idea that he was on the run. Yeah. This just throws a wrench into things. Like I said, it could have been very easy for Bertolino or the family to say, no, that's not him. And if they were actually as worried about him as they said, they should have cleared that air right away and said, he's missing. We don't know where he is. I know you guys are reporting that he's here, but he's not. Please help us find him. Exactly. I don't know. We'll never get a shred of actual truth, I think, out of that whole camp. I don't think we ever will. I don't think it's in them. I don't think they know how to do it. And they've proven it time and time again. It's it's just sad. Mark, tell me what you've heard about the whole DNA in the bones thing, Brian's bones. Have you heard anything on that? I've heard, and there's been a lot of speculation that the DNA doesn't match. Hmm. And I don't know, they're saying that was true, then they're saying it's fact that it didn't, but there's a, a dental identification. But now they're saying that, you know, they haven't even done the test. So the information that's out here is so sketchy that I, I don't feel confident 100% Talking putting it, yeah. it out there and saying that because if it's false and we just don't know, I don't want to be the person that's responsible for Correct. spreading false information. I agree 100% with that. There's just a lot of things that don't add up. So there's something interesting. I don't know if you've ever heard of Carl Koppelman. I did a little research on him. Okay. So I don't know how many bones they have. But what Carl does is he is able to put the bones together and be able to get a picture made of what the person looked like. And he's actually found a bunch of missing pe- yeah, people. He has we- solved in a bunch of cases and helped people yes, basically get the closure on their missing loved one. And I don't see why he couldn't be used in this I, if there's enough. I'm just saying, if there's enough, I mean, give it a try. So my, my, my friend Karen actually gave that to me. So she's a fellow crime creep and she's looking out for us, Mark. So That's interesting. I, I'd like to see if they reach out to him and attempt to do something like so, this guys read up on him he's so interesting and the things he does and the pictures that that 
you can find of the people that were found. And then after they're found, they do the side by side with like their real picture. It is crazy. We'll link to one of his stories in the show notes and on the the Facebook listing for this, because it is great. It's really great. The work that he's done has brought a bunch of closure to people. And I, I think maybe... It could be used here, but also, hey, at least you guys will learn something new and an interesting person to uh, follow up on. Exactly. Moving on to the case of the day, Charity, fill us in. All right, guys. This case is a doozy. A doozy, doozy, doozy. That's all I can say. It's another female. I don't know if there is a word in the English language that would be able to describe her. People have said like douchebaguette, which is fantastic, by the way. I love baguettes. Uh, Douchette is a good one. But those are like too cute for her, if you know what I mean. See, I don't know anything about this case, so maybe we'll come up with one by the end. I can't wait. Great on you for introducing us to Wang Camera last week. I have used it so many times this week. You know, you just get, you know what another really good one is? It's more, it's simple. I use this one in my daily life, guys. It is idiot stick. I like that. That's simple. simple. I called someone an idiot stick the other day when I was driving. I usually say other things, but maybe I'll switch to idiot stick. Yeah, idiot stick, it's kind of cute, but like, You get your point across. You idiot stick. Yeah. Don't be an idiot stick. Come on, guys. Let's make that. (laughs) Let's make that part of the vernacular of today. All right, Charity, let's get right into the case. I want to introduce you all to Catherine Knight. So I'm actually not going to introduce anybody else right now because I feel like we need to hear this story from start to finish. Okay, so let's first just kind of like figure out who she is. So Catherine was born on October 24th, 1955. She was from the town of Aberdeen in South Wales. She was the younger of twins born to Barbara Rohan, Rohan, I think, and Ken Knight. Barbara was forced to move Moree, I believe it's M-O-R-E-E, and I'm probably saying these wrong and I know we have a lot of Australian listeners, so if I am, I apologize and please... Feel free to send us the correct Charity, guess what I found out today? What? We are number 36 on the iTunes charts in Australia. Are you kidding me? I am not. So awesome to all of our crime creeps in Australia. We appreciate you for putting us up on the list. I was kind of blown away when I saw that. So thank you. Thank you. That is amazing. So she was forced to move to Maury after she after starting a relationship with her then-husband, Jack Rowan's co-worker, Ken Knight. Barbara and Jack had four kids at the time. Two of the children stayed with their father, Jack, and the two youngest children were sent to live with an aunt in Sydney. So... I don't understand. It basically was like she had this affair with this new, the mother, Catherine's mother had an affair with this new fellow and then just like shipped her kids off. That's classy. Right? It's yeah, like, super okay. classy to start. So it's like they did. It's like they started a new family. So on October 24th, 1955, Jack Rohan died and the two children from Barbara's old life moved in with she and Ken and the twins. So Barbara's grandmother was an indigenous Australian from the Maury area and married an Irishman. This was kept a secret because there was a good amount of racism at this time. This was not great for the children as it caused a lot of tension. So I don't know if they got made fun of. I don't know why, but I guess they were nervous for people to find that out. So Catherine was close to her twin, of course, but that was about it, except for her uncle Oscar Knight. Oscar was actually a champion horseman. He committed suicide in 1969 and Catherine was absolutely devastated. To this day, she claims that his ghost visits her very frequently. Hmm. Yeah. So the Knight family would then move back to Aberdeen the same year as Oscar's death. So apparently Catherine's father, Ken, was an alcoholic. He would rape her mother up to 10 times a day. How horrible is that? So she did have a horrible, I mean, I'm not making excuses for her guys because just wait, but she had a horrible upbringing. I mean, the more I read, I'm like, oh, 
So up to 10 times a day. That's horrible. So unfortunately, Barbara would confide in her daughters all the details. Catherine maintains that she was sexually abused by family members, but actually not her father until she was 11, which is interesting. Um, And not many details have been spoken about this, but other family members have confirmed that this is to be true. So apparently she was abused by other family members, sexually abused, but thank God not her father. When you visit Arizona, Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I mean, think about that. Your mother is using you to confide. You're like a, a child and she's confiding in you about how she's being raped by her own husband. Hey, that's it's, it's messed up. Messed up and completely inappropriate. Exactly. So as a teenager, she attended Muswell Brook High School. She was considered a loner and rem- was remembered as a bully. So people said she was a big bully. So reports say she assaulted at least one boy with a weapon and she was actually injured by a teacher that was acting in self-defense. So this bitch, wow. this bitch was bringing weapons to school. She was attacking teachers. But it was funny because the, the more I read on this, that part, it said when she wasn't attacking people, she was just like a quiet kind of sit by yourself kid and didn't bother anybody. So you get two modes, sweetheart and psycho. Psycho is an understatement. But yes, there's two modes. So you're either like totally normal and quiet or you're maybe trying to stab someone. I know as much about this case as you listeners do because Charity and I made a deal that we would not look up each other's cases. That way we could get the natural reaction. So when you say what you did with the light switch, it makes me wonder there's an undiagnosed bipolar issue that maybe if had been diagnosed properly, maybe whatever's to come may have never happened. So now now it's got me intrigued into seeing to where this goes. I'm not saying anything. Uh, and I can't read ahead. She makes me put my phone away when we're doing this so I can't sit over here and read. I get mad at him if he tries to do that. I did try the first couple episodes. Yeah, I was like yelling at him. So continuing on, she would end up leaving school at the age of 15. And at this time, Mark, she didn't know how to read or write. She She left school at 15? At 15 and and just didn't know how to read or write. How did they not help her along? I don't know. I don't know what the situation was. There wasn't much like that was said about it, that statement, except that. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, so I'm assuming there was no diagnosis of bipolar if they didn't even know or help her be able to read by the time she was 15. So, all right, continue. Okay, so um, she was actually able to get a job as a cutter in a clothing factory. So before they had the machines to do this, people would cut the fabric and stuff by hand. That's crazy. So after about a year at this job, she then got her dream job, cutting up awful. So it's O-F-F-A-L. And what it is, is it's like materials after animals have been butchered so it's like organs chicken lips i'm sorry this is her dream job 
This is her dream job. And, you know, some organs are considered delicacies, actually. So this is a job that does require somebody to be able to meticulously cut. And other is just probably stuff that goes into hot dogs, guys. Oh, you don't ruin hot dogs for me, Charity. Don't. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that offended anybody. And this job was at the local abattoir, which is basically just a butchery, like a butchering place. And she quickly got promoted to boning and was giving her very own set of butcher knives, which she was so proud and excited about. She would hang these knives, Mark, above her bed, you know, in case she needed them all the way up until she was incarcerated everywhere she lived. Nothing were, says I love you like the knife hanging over the bed. There were pictures of the knives hanging above her bed. Like butcher, whole set of butcher knives. All right. So imagine she brings somebody home and that's the first thing they see. Well, they probably think, you know, some funky stuff's going to go on or maybe some bad stuff. I don't know. That's crazy. She probably just told them, well, this is my job and I'm very passionate about it. So don't worry about them. It's all good. They're just there to look at. My passion is podcasting. I do not have microphones hanging over my bed. I'm pretty sure Kristen would not allow that. Yeah, no. So. Yeah. That'd be a little <laughs> odd. That is she odd. Keep, she keeps you down here in the basement. <laughs> yes, I'm excited to see where this story goes. Oh, well, hold on. So in 1973, Catherine would meet David Kellett. He was a co-worker. It was said that she dominated him. She would encourage fights for him to get into at local bars, and she would like jump in, fists are flying. She wanted to fight. She would like she would like start fights for him so she could watch him fight. And then the two of them would kick the shit out of people. I mean, at least they were doing it as a couple, I guess. I mean, I mean, I think there's other more productive things. I mean, go to the bar and drink and have fun. But why? They were. <laughs> this is I, this was fun. It was more fun for her. He pretty much did it because she was the dominant person in the relationship. Have you ever been out with somebody not even like a like a a significant other or anything, but like with a friend and you just know, like you just hope, I'm like, I hope they don't say something stupid and get me in something I don't want to deal with Oh tonight. my God, yes. I think all of us have that one friend. Her boyfriend probably had this going to the grocery store. He did. He was probably like, <laughs> oh my God, I hope she's, oh, what if she says something? That is crazy. So this pair would marry in 1974. It was her idea for them to arrive this, Mark, you're going to love this. It was her idea for them to arrive to the service on her motorcycle with her husband-to-be on the back. So <laughs> love it. that's exactly what happened. They arrived with him on the back. He was drunk as a skunk. And so when they got there, Catherine's own mother, you know, mother of the year, number one, pulled David aside and gave him some important advice. Run. Would you, would you like me to read what she said? <laughs> sure. So according to David, the husband-to-be, this is what her mother said. You better watch this one or she'll effing kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're effed. Don't ever think of playing upon her. She'll effing kill you. Um, and that was her mom, guys. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Hope you don't die. That's awesome. Messed up. Messed up, guys. Messed up. Crazy. Shall I continue on? Oh, I'm assuming this gets better. So oh, it please gets so do. much better. So Catherine tried to strangle David on their wedding night. Sounds like a fun night. Uh, we do know he was a big drinker. So this could be the reason for this because... Well, he showed up on the back of the motorcycle drunk as a skunk, so... He did. I think he was probably afraid and had to get himself lick it up. I don't blame this guy. So um, they only had sex three times their wedding night, and that was really upsetting to her. So she decided she should try to strangle him. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Red so flags, do, guys. Red so flags. We do know that she apparently enjoys sex very much. So... This is shocking to say, but it was a very violent marriage. One story says that while extremely pregnant, Catherine hit David on the back of the head with a frying pan and burned all of his clothes. 
all because he came home a little late from playing darts. I want to run for the hills. Like, I'm and, scared for him. And guys, this is mild. This is like mild stuff right now. This story I, just keeps getting worse and worse. So David was able to run off to the neighbors and was treated with a fractured skull. The police tried to charge her, but she turned into a sweetie pie and convinced David to drop all charges. So I actually watched like a little docu thing on this. And the neighbor was being interviewed. And she said when he showed up at the house... She said she had never seen so much blood. That's crazy. Now, obviously, we know with head wounds, there's a lot of blood. But so this poor man escaped for his life and ran as fast as he could with a concussion and his head bleeding to the neighbor's house. What What must the neighbors have thought? Like, can you imagine? I would not even want that guy over there because I would not want the no. wrath of his wife. And I'm not laughing because this is not funny. I'm not making fun of this case at all. But I mean, it, it's just... The, these stories are crazy, guys. Yeah, these stories are starting pretty crazy, and it makes me nervous when you say they only get worse. Yep. So after their first child, Melissa Ann, was born in 1976, David left her for another woman, moved to Queensland. After being seen violently pushing her baby in a pram down the street, she was admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital in Tamworth. So there were reports of her literally not just pushing, like vigorously pushing it, the pram. She was like jerking it from side to side with the little baby in it. So she was in the hospital for two full weeks, suffering from, they thought at the time was postpartum. Little did they know, this was just her. So after she was released, Catherine placed two-month-old Melissa on a railroad track and then went into town. Wait. Oh, wait, hold on. And then went into town and stole an ax and threatened to kill several people. You have a question mark? Yeah, you said she placed her baby on the railroad tracks? On the railroad tracks. Wow. So luckily, there was a man walking near the tracks and found the baby and saved her from being killed. So Catherine was arrested for this and sent back to the hospital, but signed herself out on the next day. So this is this is where it gets a little confusing for me. So these are violent acts. You just put your baby in such danger and you do get arrested. But because of your you're been in the hospital before for mental issues, they put you back in. But you release yourself the next day. How can you you release yourself? I feel like it should be like either you go to this mental hospital for this amount of time or you go to jail. That's what I think. You, one would think that for, would be the for endangering your child and stealing an axe. Like you're running around town with a freaking axe. Yeah, this lady sounds crazy. That's for sure. Guy, guys, we need we need words for her. Please help us out. Please help us out. So Mark, shortly after signing herself out of the hospital, she would cut the face of a woman with one of her knives and instructed her to drive to Queensland to try and find David. The woman escaped during a stop at a gas station. Catherine next took a small boy hostage and held him at knife point. Police showed up and were able to apprehend her at which time she was sent to Morissette Psychiatric Hospital. So they keep sending her to the hospital because they think she's crazy. But if once we find out in the end, she's just psychotic. Yeah, this is nuts. Like she like, needs to be in jail. Like she should have been in jail for this. Why didn't she? I, I just don't get why they keep letting her out. I don't know. So um, she told a nurse at that hospital that her intent was to kill herself and her ex. When David found this out, listen to this, Mark. Listen to this. When David found this out, he must have felt bad for her. Because he left his girlfriend and he and his mother went to Catherine's side to support her. Wow, I'm in shock. So she must have been really good at, at, at you know, making these people that used to care for her feel really bad. Because if someone hit me in the back of the head with a frying pan and almost killed me, I mean, to drop the charges or not file any charges and then to go back home. He should have just took off to a different country before going back to her because I'm assuming, I don't know, I, I'm assuming he doesn't make it out of this story. So, Oh, no, there's many other men after him, Mark. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Just, just hold on. I thought that was crazy. Like that she was able to, you know, convince them to come back and they felt bad and they wanted to help take care of her. So um, she was released, Catherine, she was released August 9th, 1976 into the care of David and his mother. They would all move to Woodridge. There she would work at the Dinmore Meatworks in Ipswich. Still together, Catherine and David would welcome a second daughter. Why would you have another daughter with her? She left the first one on train tracks. Oh, this is sad. It is sad. Her name was Natasha Marie, born March 6th, 1980. So four years later, she would leave David, you know, the man who came back to help her, and move in with her parents in Aberdeen, and later would rent a house in Musselbrook. I think that's how it's pronounced. We looked it up. Again, anybody who knows the correct way to pronounce these words, feel free to to let us know. (laughs) Charity loves when you yell the correct pronunciations to her. (laughs) He just made fun of me, guys, if you didn't tell. (laughs) So this house wasn't far from her parents' house. During this time, she actually heard her back at work. And even though she was able to return to work, she was able to go on disability. So she now was able to live rent-free in government housing close to work. So she still worked, but got money to live for free in government housing. This woman's shystery. Oh, I, that's a new, uh, that's a, a plur, like a new, I don't know, shystery. Shysterette. She's a shysterette. She is definitely that, but she's something worse that we really need a good word for it. That's not a word that's not like wicked offensive, but gets the point across. Oh, we'll try to find we'll, one. We'll find one. Okay, so continuing on. So Mark, in 1986, Catherine met 38-year-old David Saunders. Another David. Run, David, run. Run. He was a minor, and only a few months after meeting, he would move in with she and her two girls. David, we said run, not move in. Right. Well, he did keep his own apartment still. Smart move. So, shockingly, the relationship was volatile, and Catherine was always questioning David about what he did when she wasn't around. So, she sounds like possessive, and what are you doing when you're alone? Who do you see? Who do you talk to? One of those things, you know? She would throw him out all the time, and he would go back to his own apartment. She would then beg him to come back, and he would. So, these men, she she can get control of them somehow, you know? I don't know, Charity, maybe. Bon chicka wah wah. Huh? Well, I'll talk about... Some, some of that later. That's just a, an idea in my head. Maybe yeah. I should keep him around. So listen to this. This is horrible. She would kill David's two-month-old puppy by slicing his throat right in front of him just so he would know what she would do to him if he ever cheated on her. Oh, my God. That is disgusting. I would be on the phone with the police, like, immediately. She then knocked him out with a frying pan. So Catherine got pregnant with David's child and gave birth to her third daughter, June of 1988. So she's still having daughters. David thought this would be a great time to put a deposit on a house. In 1989, Catherine's workman's compensation money came through and she paid the house off. So it's her house. So she got a settlement apparently on top of it. She decorated. Oh, this is good. This is good, guys. This gives a little peek into her mind as well. She decorated the house with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. This is strange. Really? It's like something I saw on Saw. Really? Do you think that's... Yes. So like if, if Kristen started doing that, right, and hanging all that stuff, what would you do? If I would have walked into Kristen's room when we had first met and there was knives hanging over the bed, I wouldn't even, I would have already been gone. So (laughs) I don't even think I would have let it get to this level. So on one of their bad arguments, she would actually hit David in the face with an iron and then stab him in the stomach with scissors. Now on the little document that I watched, people said that he actually would go to work and he, you could see the, the, you could see the iron like marks on his face for like weeks. 
Oh my god! Like it looked like there was an iron on the side of his face. Yeah, this then, is nuts. And then stabbed him with scissors. She then cut up all of his clothes. So she's a thing. Like she likes to do violence thing. And then she burnt like, the other guy's clothes. Burnt the other guy's clothes. Cutting this guy's clothes up. So he escaped and went into hiding. Which. Amen. Smartest move Good boy. Ever. Good boy. So later when David returned to see his daughter, he found out that Catherine had gone down to the police and told them she was afraid of him. They issued her with an AVO, apprehended violence order. What a biatch. So she's the one who scared him so much that he went to, to run and escape and he came back only to see his daughter that he loved to find out that he couldn't because she said he was violent. That is nuts. So, Mark, I think I want to end at this part right now because this is going to be more than a one-parter. There's a lot more information to come. It literally took me all week to research this, but I enjoyed every minute of it. I know that you have sent me a bunch of messages throughout the week that you were super excited about this one. So I know yes. that you've done a lot of research on it. All right, Crime Creeps. Well, we'll do a two-parter this week. I want to just say to you guys that we are working on a domestic violence special that I want to put together. We have a bunch of people already who have sent their stories in and want to be a part of the episode. If you as a listener have been a victim of domestic violence or domestic violence has affected your life in any way and you would like to tell your story, please reach out to us, info at Case Watch Podcast. If you'd like to stay anonymous, that is absolutely no problem at all. We can anonymize it and read it ourselves. If you want to come on the show and tell your story and maybe help people who are in the same situation that you were in, and maybe give them a little hope that you can get out of it. We would absolutely welcome you to tell your story as well if that's what you wanted to do. Hopefully with a little bit of this episode, we can maybe reach somebody who doesn't think that there's a way out and just help them get the help they needed to get to safety. That would be amazing, actually. So that is the plan, Charity. I, I just really want to try to help as much as we can. I think that would be amazing, Mark. So guys, if you would like to hear some more of this story, make sure you listen to the follow-up. Oh, I am waiting with bated breath to see the rest of the story. Yeah. All right, guys, until the next episode, uh, we thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys. Have a good one. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.